Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Join me in giving Pastor Pastor Leanne Yaba, beautiful Leanne Yaba, probably should be a pastor Leanne Yaba, the way she looks after people in our recovery program. But what an offering word, what an offering word. What a beautiful word. And uh, you know, Leanne, you've got a great testimony because you've got a great God. And uh, you've got a great testimony because great has been your trust, your willingness to obey. The truth is, God is great. The truth is, not everybody sees the greatness of God. Jesus said to a woman, oh daughter, oh woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Is it the Syrophoenician woman? She has a demonized daughter lying at home. She comes to Jesus and <clears throat> she's so persistent. Jesus kind of gives three, three, ob- three reasons she could kind of just tap out. Three obstacles, three things she has to overcome, three hurdles. And she jumps over each one and finally she's still there. And Jesus turns around and says, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Everybody else, it was to blind Barnabas. According to your faith, let it be so. According to your faith. To this woman, great is your faith, let it be as you desire. Psalm 37.4 says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the, the desires of your heart. There is, a, there is a, a, a faith that is a great faith that unlocks you living in the realm of whatever you desire coming to pass. I know that that offends most people, um, but I, I kind of, I used to think I was at a deficit, Pastor Michael, when I was in Bible college because I grew up in an atheist home and all these other people grew up in church homes, but now I'm actually really glad. I'm really grateful because I'm like, I don't have like a, a lens that I'm meant to view everything through. The Bible says that we, grow, we go from faith to faith. From glory to glory, line upon line, precept upon precept. So, so that means that if there's faith, then there can also be great faith. For Jesus say, great is your faith to the woman. I want you to know that at this church, when you come, Sundays and Wednesdays, we're going to make sure that your faith tank gets filled. We, we want you all to have great faith so that literally your testimony, when... When you step into heaven, you'll be like, oh, wow, yeah, this is a natural, this was a natural step. Because we were living, we were living seeing our heart's desire come to pass, come to pass, come to pass in the earth. The Bible Bible says that uh, before Enoch was translated, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. That's Hebrews 11.5. How did he please God? What, what did he do? Did he make him coffee in the morning? Did he, did he sacrifice a bull every morning? 
Well, the next verse tells us, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Enoch had a faith. Jesus said, when I return, when I return, and he is returning. He said, when I return, will I really find faith in the earth? He didn't say, when I return, will I really find love? Will I really find tolerance? Will I really find acceptance? He says, when I return, the number one area, area of satanic attack, the number one area that the devil is going to go after warfare is faith. When I return, where I really find faith in the earth. How do, how do we get faith? How do we get faith? Well, the Bible says Romans, in, in Romans 10, 17, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're the smartest people in East County. On a Wednesday night, despite the traffic on the 52 and the 67, you got to church. You made it a decision. Doesn't matter how bad the traffic is, I'm going to get to church. I'm going to get to the house of God. Because in a world gone crazy, in a world that's upside down and inside out and back to front, I'm going to go to the house of God to hear a word from God. Because when I hear a word from God, it puts faith on the inside of me. Puts faith on the inside of me. Amen. I'm just so proud of you. Uh, I keep saying Pastor Leanne Yaba. I'm prophesying. Um, but that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of what God's going to do. You've got such beautiful faith. And then I just love Jake Shooty. And I asked his beautiful bride, I said, you know, Jake, how's he doing? Give me a one to ten. And Stan, you're not going to believe what you said. One to ten. What do you think? She got a, he got an 11. I haven't made it over a four in like years. I'm like, I'm going to pay him to mentor me. I'm like, I just can't. How do I climb out of fours? Best I've done is a four. I don't know. And then how many people just absolutely love Pastor Michael and beautiful Pastor Lisa? You look so beautiful. What a beautiful outfit. Pastor Mike, Michael leaned over and he said, Pastor, I'm having a real hard time focusing on God tonight because my wife is looking so beautiful. And so I thought that was a good compliment. Amen. That had nothing to do with my message. I want you to come with me to Joel 2.28. It's Vision Builders Month. Vision Builders Month. We're sitting in a Vision Builders miracle, in case you didn't know. It's because of Vision Builders that we were able to buy this building. It's because of Vision Builders that we were able to really stay open during the lockdowns and the shutdowns. I just saw a report that the, the, the number one person they went after in 2020 that they tried to vilify and destroy was Mayor Bailey down in Coronado because he refused to lock down the beaches. He refused to shut the beaches. He refused to enforce closures on the restaurants down there. And so they said that oh, he's a killer, he's a grandma killer, you know, people are going to be dying. And so the report just came out uh, about a, a month ago that of all the counties in San Diego, the one that came out number one light years ahead of everywhere else that had the almost no COVID cases and no COVID deaths was Coronado. And it was the most open. It was the most open. So uh, uh, in 2020, we... we knew that we had to take it seriously. We, you know, they, it, COVID is a very real uh, virus 
and it did kill people. I, I personally believe that uh, run death is near, excuse me, remdesivir, and the ventilator helped. I, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that they wanted to keep you and I locked down a lot longer. And so they were intentionally giving people bad medicine to drive up the death toll so they could justify keeping us down locked longer. That's why they got rid of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. But the, when you have five orphanages in Mexico, it's a duty of care and a duty of responsibility to go and visit those orphanages, especially during a pandemic. And so we just happened to, you know, while, while we're over there, we may as well pop into a local pharmacy. And so we would pop into the local pharmacy where you could buy ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and we would bring it back. And every person that the doctors told us they would be dead within the week or dead within 48 hours, we gave hydroxychloroquine against their instruction and every single one of them walked out of the hospital within a few days. Some of them, it was the next day, it was that dramatic. So we, we did take it seriously, but because we owned our buildings... Like we, we've got, Pastor Jesse Sullivan has a drawer, you know, where, where he files all the fines that we got. We have just shy of half a million dollars in fines. And uh, one of the other churches got inspired by us and they said, hey, wow, you know, like you guys are open. We want to be open. And then they opened the Sunday and they got a $10,000 fine. And they, the guy brought it in, the beautiful pastor. And he, he met with Jesse, said, man, what do I do with this? And Jesse says, oh, we'll just do what we do. He says, what do you do? He says, we file them. And he just pulled the drawer and goes, we've got them all in here. We've got 48 of them in here. And so, but because, because we own the building, because we're not renting, because we own the building, they kept putting a cease and desist. And so I said to one of our sheriffs, I said, man, what do we do? Every Sunday they come and put a cease and desist on there. And he says, well, this is private property. If they're not coming to church, they have no right to be here. They're trespassing. So we had our sheriffs wait for them with a cease and desist for the city. And so when the guys from the city came to put a cease and desist, we told the city cease and desist. And then we never heard back from them. They never came around again. So they had to go to other things. But because we, have, because we have the building, we were able to, people needed faith. In a time of, in the time of hyper fear, in a time of heightened anxiety and uncertainty, people needed community. People needed family. People needed fellowship. People needed love. People needed encouragement. People needed a word from heaven. The church has endured for 2,000 years. The church, the bubonic plague didn't shut down the church. The, the, the swine flu didn't shut, the, the, the Spanish flu didn't. The church is here for the sick. The church isn't here for the, for the holy and the healthy. The church is here for the lost, for the broken, for the sick for the sinner, so you better believe that she is essential. I couldn't believe it. They said a strip club, that's essential, but not the church. Oh, oh, um, the, the, the casinos, gambling, getting deeper into debt, that's essential, but not the church. You know, Home Depot, I actually did go to Home Depot every day, God bless it. But, you know, the big, the big box stores, they were deemed essential, but some arrogant said, oh, no, no the church is not essential. I don't know who you are to think that the church isn't essential, but we have got something to say about that. Somebody say amen. So I say all of that to say that we're sitting in a glorious miracle that God did because of vision builders. 
The Bible is full of vision builders. The title of my message tonight is The Test of a Vision Builder. The Test of a Vision Builder. So uh, I'm under instructions from the Holy Spirit and I have to obey Him to um, not get carried away preaching. I'm going to try and get out of the way because he wants me to pray for people tonight. So I want you to come with me as quickly as you can. Joel 2.28. You can turn there in your Bibles. um, Or if you've got the Bible app, you can just go there on the Bible app. It says this in Joel 2.28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On all flesh. How many people here have got some flesh? Okay, guess what? God has already earmarked you. God has already designated that he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit on you. His Holy Spirit. He's going to pour out his Spirit. His Spirit is going to fall on you. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It's such a beautiful picture your sons and daughters, your, the, the children who are growing up are going to shoot arrows into a day not yet. They're, they're your children, but they're going to speak words over the top of you into a future that they're going to walk into. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So the first thing I want to just say to you is that visions come freely. Visions are free to catch. The Holy Spirit, when he falls, vision comes. It's, it's, not, it's not the capturing of a vision. It's not the seeing of a vision. It's not even the receiving of a vision that's impressive. What is impressive is carrying the vision. What is impressive is carrying the vision. Let me just say this, that you were created to carry vision. The Bible says that without a vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision, the people perish. Your eyes are in the front of your head. They're not in the back of your head. They're in the front of your head because you're meant to be looking forward. You're meant to be a forward-looking creature. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and and I, 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 I don't understand. I don't understand why when we came to San Diego, they gave me a warn. They gave me a warning. They said, "Whatever you do, don't be a holy. If you want to build a big church, don't be Holy Spirit filled. All the big churches, a seeker friendly church. Seeker friendly is where we're God light, and we, you know, we put God behind the curtain. Every now and again, we'll wheel Him out when we need something. But other than that, God, please, please, what are you doing? You're out again. Oh." God, listen, no, you can't. Listen, if people see you, you're going to turn them off. Get back behind the, that's, that's seeker-friendly. We are seeker-friendly. We seek the Lord. And uh, so we, we want, we want, we're here for him. We're here for him. So uh, I like being a, a Holy Spirit church. I, 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 I don't mind messy. A lot, of, a lot of pastors, well, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, he's, he's you know, yeah, of course he doesn't obey by your rules. He's not meant to. You obey by his rules. Let the Holy Spirit move. Let him move. He's not a, a, an it, he's a he. 
He's the third person of the Trinity. And when he, when he falls upon you, when, when, when that anointing comes upon you, you begin to see, you begin to dream, you begin to prophesy. Prophesy is speaking a word that in that, that particular moment you believe but don't yet see. The role of a, of a prophet, a prophet is a seer. In, in the Old Testament, the word seer and the word prophet are interchangeable. Where is the prophet? Where is the seer? A prophet's job, prophet's job is to see something in the heavenly realm. See what God is up to. If you read Ezekiel, I, 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 was, I was by the river Kaba and I saw a storm coming towards me with great lights and great colors and, and amber. And, and, and then I saw wheels within wheels and I saw cherubim and I saw, he saw and he spoke. He saw and he spoke. God comes to, to Amos who was just a shepherd but God called him to go and prophesy against King Jeroboam in Israel. And he says to, to Amos, son of man, what do you see? And Amos says, well, I see this. And he says, you've seen really well. Now go and speak. So this is what happens. God has prophets and the prophet sees and then he speaks. When a prophet speaks, the hearer, the audience, if you're, if you're under the Holy Ghost, if you're not resistant, if you're under the Holy Ghost, when you hear, you see. The, the, the ear unlocks the eye. The ear unlocks the eye. So if I'm not making any sense, what I'm trying to say is this. That, that, that the job, my assignment, my assignment every week is to, to not just... Go to www.sermons.com and find out, you know, the latest homily, download it, memorize it, and then preach it. My, my assignment is to lean into God. The great thing is, the great thing, the great thing is that God has given us the greatest accelerator into his presence. The greatest accelerator into his presence is Shabrada Rege de Diabrosu. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit falls upon you, Jesus says you're going to receive power. The greatest power is to immediately be in his presence. And there's nothing greater that takes you into his presence than tongues. I find speaking in tongues just helps me just kind of get some of the residue of the flesh. Get some of the residue of the world off me, off my spirit. It can, it can sit on your spirit. Discouragement can sit on your spirit. Anxiety can sit on your spirit. Fear can sit on your spirit. Hopelessness can sit on your spirit. Dumb things, hatred, animal, all these stupid things can sit on your spirit. But as soon as I begin to speak in tongues, it's, it's, it's like the spirit man begins and all that stuff just comes off. And then all of a sudden I'm, 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 I, I can see, I can hear, I can hear and I can see. My job is to see something and then speak it. As I speak it, your eyes open. You're like, man, I can see that. I can see how I don't need to move out of San Diego to buy a home. I can see how we can buy this property and all of a sudden it can turn a profit for a wedding venue. I can see how all of a sudden you can begin to see how we can make it through. We can, we can have, we don't have to go the, the way of the world and educate our kids with CRT and LGBTQI and all the other nonsense. We can actually have an Awaken Academy 
where we can teach our children godly values, godly principles, patriotism, the, the same principles that founded the greatness of this nation, we can, you begin to see differently. The goal is for you to hear something that unlocks your eyes. It's called living with vision. There are two kinds of vision. There's the vision of the earth, which is always hopelessness, or there's a vision that is a heavenly vision. You were created. Don't settle for an earthly vision. Don't settle for a vision that this world wants to give you, which is always hopelessness and fear and self-centeredness. Get a vision from heaven. The devil is terrified of Christians. He is terrified of believers who will receive the Holy Spirit and then begin to dream dreams and begin to see visions of heavenly things. Can I just tell you, if you don't want to carry a vision, you're going to have a very hard time in this church. We're going to make sure that you have a vision for your finances, a vision for your marriage, a vision for your family, a vision for your children, a vision for your health, a vision for your life. You were created to see. You were created to live with vision. Without a vision, the people perish. The devil doesn't want you to, he wants you to believe that, well, you know, vision, it's like, it's like alloy wheels on a car. It's an optional extra. No, no, vision is more essential than the engine in your car. Vision is the most essential element in your life. But point number two, vision is tested in the crucible. Vision, see, it's, 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 it's easy to get a vision. Carrying the vision is the challenge. Joseph, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter 37, verse 5. Oh, that's 45. How do I go to 45? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, like normal, but behold, my sheep arose and stood upright, and your sheep stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. <laughs> I can't understand why they didn't like him. And his brothers, who were all older than him, remember, he's the little guy, said to him, Are you, are you, Shall you indeed reign over us, you little punk? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams. So you would think he quit. But verse 9 says, Then he dreamed, still another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bound down to him, so he told it to his father. And his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you've shown your mother and I? And Joseph had a dream. But when he had the dream, he faced immediate persecution. He faced immediate people. Let me just say this, that if you carry a dream, you will have to go through the crucible because people that don't have a dream want to kill yours. People that don't live with a dream, people that don't live with a vision will live and they will make it their mission, they will make it their assignment to kill your dream. It's a spirit of envy. It's the spirit of Cain. Cain murdered Abel because Abel was blessed and Cain wasn't. And God comes to Cain and says, if you do what he does, I'll bless you too. And Cain says, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'd rather take him out and kill. It's the spirit of this world. There's a price to carrying a vision. Joseph found that as soon as he began to dream the dream, he saw the dream and then his life went into reverse. 
His dream was for greatness. His dream was the sun, moon, and the 11 stars bowing down, the sheaves of the field bowing down. Now all of a sudden he's in a pit. And he can hear his brothers discussing, let's just kill him. You know, we can kill him like real quick. And then one of the other brothers, thank God for Reuben, the oldest brother responsible at Reuben, goes, we can't kill him. He's our flesh and blood. Let's sell him. So they sell him to the Ishmaelites who take him down to Egypt and they, 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 they sell him again, they on-sell him down in Egypt for a prophet and they sell him to Potiphar. And so Potiphar now takes Joseph as a slave. And the Bible says the brothers did this motivated saying, ha, now we'll see to this dreamer and his dreams. When you have a dream, do not be surprised if you face warfare. Do not be surprised if people attack it. In this world, the devil does not want you to carry a God dream. You know why? Because a God dream carries God DNA. A dream from heaven will establish heaven. The devil doesn't want earth to reflect heaven. He wants the earth to be full of chaos, full of murder, full of violence, full of disorder, full of depravity, full of dysfunction, full of brokenness, full of devastation, full of depression. That's what the devil wants. And every time there's a Christian that has the courage, every time there's a Christian that says, no matter what it costs, I'm going to not only hear from heaven, but I'm going to live with a vision from heaven. I'm going to, and I'm going to give my life to building the vision from heaven over my life. You become a target and you become a threat to the enemy. But you know what I discovered? I don't need to tone down the vision so that the devil backs off because my Bible tells me that greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I don't need to back off or tone it down for the devil. I don't need to do vision of heaven light for the devil. I can, in fact, I turn it up. The more he attacks, that vision just got five feet taller, devil. You want to bring another attack? It'll get another five feet taller. Can I just encourage you? Live with a vision. There's nothing like it. When you, when you and I get to heaven, when you and I get to heaven, heaven will assess you and I. We, we, if you're in Christ, God, if, if God has a sin book that he opens up, and, you know, mine was pretty thick, if I was honest with you, before. But, but when, they, when they open it up, that's funny. There's nothing here because of the blood of Jesus. So if you're in Christ, but when you, when you and I get to heaven, there is, an, there is an assessment. Heaven will kind of, there's an assessment. And the assessment is reward-based. For the sinner, it's not as pretty. It's punishment-based. For you and I, it's reward-based. And the assessment is, how well did Jake Shooty carry the vision that God put into his spirit for his life? Did, did, did he stand up against persecution? Did he stand up against betrayal? Did he stand up against injustice? Did he keep, did he keep well done, good and thou good and faithful servant? I'm telling you, in heaven, so in this church, we want you to not only have a vision, but I want to make sure that every Sunday and every Wednesday when you turn up, we give you the encouragement. Keep running with that vision. Keep carrying that vision. Don't quit on that vision. Don't give up on that vision. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision. Write the vision and make a plane that he who reads it can run with it. 
I've got my vision written on my wall so that I see it and I run with it. Because the Bible says, though it tarries, though it delays, it will certainly come to pass. It will not fail. But Joseph is now a slave. Not only that, but the Bible says that he's then falsely accused of attempted rape and he's thrown into a prison. Surely now, surely now any counselor, any therapist, any any kind of common sense person sitting with Joseph that doesn't have a faith would say, Joseph, just quit on this silly vision. Come on, kid. Are you serious? Sun, moon, stars, sheaves bowing down to you. You are a felon. You are guilty of attempted rape as a slave, as a Hebrew in a foreign nation. We don't like Hebrews. We won't even eat with them. You are not only in the lower class, but you're in the slave class. And then as the lowest slave, you attempted to rape your master wife, you should just give up. The, the best thing you can have is three meals a day in a prison cell. Just give up on the dream. But Joseph never gave up on the dream because every dream has to go through a test. The dream didn't come from earth. Don't let earth take it away. The dream came from heaven because it was authored in heaven, because it was penned in heaven, because it was imparted by heaven. It is sustained by heaven. It is empowered by heaven. And only heaven can say, I'm taking it away. But guess what? Heaven ain't taking it away. If you speak with uh, beautiful Pastor Jake Shooty, he will tell you, he will tell you that when they, when they bring aircraft, before they allow the aircraft to carry passengers, to carry humans, they put the aircraft through some of the most rigid test. In fact, they test it with tension where they bend the wings up so that the wings are going to snap. They, 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 put, they put every part of the fuselage under intense pressure, more pressure than any storms and, and uh, you know, the cabin pressure would ever endure. Not only that, but the pilots, when they put the pilots in pilot school, they don't tell them on the day what's, go what's going to happen. But all they know is that three out of four of their main functions will be down and they've got to fly a plane in a simulator with, with, with uh, the, the plane will quite often have be overloaded, be over on weight, only have one engine going and the instruments are out and there's a storm. And they put the pilots in situations that they would probably never have to experience. Why, why, why would they put them through such testing? They put them through such testing to make them brilliant. They put the plane through such testing so that it can be used. Do you really think that God doesn't think the same with your vision? Do you really think that God doesn't have the same devotion to the vision and the vision carrier? Jesus says, in this life, you'll have tribulation. In this life, you'll have, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So Joseph says, I'm sorry, but I can't let the injustice and the betrayal of my brothers. I can't let the false accusations because I know what I did. And I know what I didn't do. It doesn't matter what the judge says. It doesn't matter what the world says. The vision I got didn't come from men. The vision I got didn't come from me. The vision came from heaven. And I'm holding on to the vision. Joseph ends up 
interpreting from Pharaoh, go to land, interpreting for Pharaoh so that Pharaoh is like, my God, is there anybody in the entire realm like this? How come you guys never told me about him before? And, and the butler's like, oh, that was my fault. I met him three years ago and I just, you know, got sight. I got... I was... The baker, you cut his head off and I was just... I fits me. And... Pharaoh's like, doesn't matter. Bring him here. Put a gold chain around his neck from now and you're going to be number two in the kingdom. But there was a famine in the land. Joseph saw the famine before the famine. He saw the famine before the famine. He said there'll be seven fat years, seven years of plenty. But after that, in seven years time, there's going to be a downturn in the economy. In seven years time, there's going to be a famine. So this is what you're to do. Because the Pharaoh followed Joseph's instructions, Egypt didn't just make it through the famine. Egypt prospered and became the superpower of the earth because all the other nations, most of them perished, but Egypt flourished. But his brothers were living in the land of Shechem and the famine was so severe they had no food, they had no seed. And so his father, Jacob, sends them down to, to Egypt and when they come down, they didn't realize this was Joseph because he was now in Egyptian royal garb. And have a look what Joseph says when, when the brothers discover that it's him. In Genesis 45, verse 5. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five more years to go where there's not going to be any plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it wasn't really you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and I am Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt hurry up go to my father and say to him thus says your son Joseph God has made me Lord of all of Egypt come down to me and do not tarry you shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me you and your children and your children's children's your flocks and your herds and all that you have there I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five more years. The brothers who threw Joseph into a pit, because Joseph lived with a God vision, he never became a victim. He never became bitter. Well, you, I wouldn't be here. It wasn't for my brothers. I hate my boy. I get them. He, 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 because he lived with a God vision, because he lived with a God vision, when the brothers realized who it was, they bowed before him thinking he was going to execute them. And he says to him, am I in the place of God? He says, you sold me into slavery, but no, no, no. I see. I see God. God sent me ahead of you. Look at what he's done. God sent me here ahead of you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to provide for you and your wives, and your little ones, and your flocks, and your... You can't... That's not the world. That's not the, this world. This world is, they did it to me, I'm doing it back to them. They shot at me, I'm shooting them. They did it, I'm going to kill them. That's not, 
That's only the spirit of the living God. Only through the spirit of the living God can you see where there's been injustice, where there's been cruelty, where there's been unkindness, where people have intentionally tried to hurt you. Can you see the Romans 8.28 that God makes all things, God makes all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I'm out of time and I, I, I promised I would pray for people. Point three, I have to give it to you, is vision builders end up seeing what God sees. Vision builders end up seeing what God sees. Joseph said, you guys meant evil, but God turned around for good. You wanted to kill me. You wanted to cause me harm. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to look after you. I'm going to look after your wife. I'm going to look after your children. I'm going to look after all your possessions, all your wealth. In fact, I'm, I'm going to give you the best of the land. You gave me the worst. You threw me in a pit. And the Ishmaelites hated the descendants of Jacob. It was a competition. They and so they sold him to someone they knew would abuse him and mistreat him. And yet here he is, the one in power, and all he does with that power is benevolence and kindness. That's only a vision from God. That's only the Spirit of God that can cause you to thrive like that in a broken world. So I want to pray for people tonight. Because one of the toughest things in this life is carrying a heavenly vision. You might have had a heavenly vision for your marriage and then found that there was an infidelity, there was adultery, there was betrayal, and it broke your heart. You may have been engaged and somebody broke off the engagement and broke your heart. And now it's hard to dream again because of the pain and the trauma. You may have had a business and the business was doing well and then 2020 came along and killed your business and now you're still trying to pay off the debt and reconcile and, and you're scared to step out again. Friend, we live in a world that is fallen. We live in a world that is broken. And there's no judgment here. But what there is, is redemption. What there is, is there's a power of a restoration. Life's too short not to live the dream. Life's too short not to carry a dream from heaven. So I want you to stand to your feet. And if you fit any category where you once had a dream, Something happened, bankruptcy, betrayal. I knew of a man who was doing so well, really doing well in business. They just, they just built their dream home on the west coast of Australia. And he went, in, he went into business with a guy in the church who spoke all the right words, Pastor Jake. He had all the right words. He was saying all the right things. But unfortunately, his pastor was... What well, wasn't very courageous. And so this person went into business with the guy who said all the right things. And the guy who said all the right things didn't disclose that he had a bankruptcy. So as soon as they went into partnership, he lost all of his assets to pay for this man's bankruptcy. His wife was not only the children's pastor in that church, she was the children's pastor for that a whole movement. She was the national children's director for that entire movement. She was so devastated, so broken hearted. 
She watched as the banks came and foreclosed the homes. She watched as they repossessed their vehicles. She watched as all of their savings was depleted in a moment. It took him 10 years to dream again. He said, just the thought of dreaming again. Even his wife said, don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare put me through that again. They spent a few years away from God. They were disillusioned and disappointed with church and with pastors and leaders. But then they found their way back into the house of God. Their hands were like this and then like this. Now their hands are like this. Healing began to flow. He began to see again and he stepped out again. They built another home. He built another business. They just bought an investment property. And God has restored everything that was lost over here. Because like Joseph, he dreamed again. He dreamed again. There are people here, the word of the Lord to you tonight is dream again. Dream again. You went through a divorce, dream again. I lost a child, dream again. You don't understand, Pastor, I lost my business, dream again. I went bankrupt. You know the number one common denominator in Australia with every multimillionaire is they went bankrupt at least once. Fortune 100 did an article in Australia. The number one common denominator with every multimillionaire in Australia is they went bankrupt at least once. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, sweep this building. Sweep this room tonight. Let people see a heavenly vision. Capture a heavenly vision. What does your future look like? Capture it. The Holy Spirit wants to show you. Joseph saw way ahead. He said, this is the second year of the famine. There's five more. But he saw that nine years earlier. Nine years early, he said to Pharaoh, there's going to be seven lean years. And then there's going to be seven, sorry, seven fat years. And there's going to be seven lean years. He saw this, what was happening nine years earlier. The Holy Spirit wants to give you an unfair advantage. It's going to look like insider trading. How, how did the Yarbers get that property in Julian? Oh, my gosh. It's, a, it's going to look, it, in the future, it's going to look like they had insider training. And the truth is they did. The Holy Ghost is their inside man. He's a revealer of mysteries and secrets. Guess what? The same Holy Spirit that's with Brian and Leanne is with you. The same Holy Spirit on them is the same Holy Spirit that wants to fall on you. He wants to open your eyes. He wants you to see. The first area I want to pray for is those that have got their hearts have been broken. And it's painful to believe again. Would you just put your hand on your heart? I want to pray for you. If it's pain for you to, be, to believe again, put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you right now for healing, flowing into hearts. Those who have lost, and that's what I hear. I hear those who have lost. There's a wonderful book in the Bible. It can seem like a difficult book to read. It's the book of Job. In the book of Job, every, Satan took the delight of Job's eyes. Satan said, I will take away the desire of his eyes. So he will curse you to your face. He had 10 children, seven sons and three daughters. And in one day, all 10 of them were killed when a house collapsed on them. He had to go and 
go through the rubble and the debris and pull 10 bodies out. His wife just wept and wept till she had no more weeping in her. She nursed these little ones at her breast. She bounced them on her knees. She helped them take their first steps. And now here is Job digging 10 graves to bury his sons. While he's in the middle of that, a man comes and says, all your businesses wiped out. All your stock and cat wiped out. All your possessions wiped out. Job's wife turns to him and she says, do you still trust God? Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Just curse God and die. Get it over with. But Job says, oh, you speak as the foolish women. Should I accept good from God and not evil? God is testing and I don't know why, but Job, the Bible says, at the end of Job, Job never allowed his heart to assign injustice to God. And the Bible says, and the Lord restored unto Job double for his trouble. Those who have lost, the Lord would say, look to me, look to me, look to me. I am the God that will restore double for your trouble. Whatever you've lost, he's the God of recovery. He's the God of redemption. Your Redeemer lives. To redeem means to get something back that was lost, something back that was stolen, something back that was taken. Your Redeemer lives. Father, I thank you right now. Everybody just do this. Put your hand over your eyes. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to pour out your beautiful Holy Spirit upon my life. Help me to see the God vision for my life. I will build the God vision. I'm a vision builder. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that he's my helper to pass the test of the God vision for my life, for my family, for my future, for my finances, for my friendship, for my ministry, every area, I want to see what God sees for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.